Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Can you use a little more love and creativity in your life? Are you traveling the path of ascension with beauty and grace? Well, today I'm going to invite you to rise above your challenges Live authentically from your heart and tap into the greatest part of yourself as you live your daily life. We are going to take a journey of conscious emergence during this next hour. And when the mind aligns with the call of soul as a faithful follower of love, divinity radiates out through us, expressing a spectrum of light intelligence that addresses each moment with pure precision. I invite you to align with your mind in a deeper call and take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest today, Corrine Holt is a creative messenger and guide for well-being. She draws upon her experiences as an artist, certified life coach, energy healer, and executive coach for leaders and teams. With clients ranging from CEOs to inner-city at-risk teens, she helps people resolve hardships that drain their energy and smother their aspirations. Ultimately, she offers insights to call forth love to lead life, invoking vibrant health, relationships, creativity, and service. Corrine is the author of Poetic Ascension, Attuned to Love, and it's a beautiful, incredibly yummy book, and I can't wait to talk more about it. Welcome, Corrine. Oh, thank you so much, Julie, for having me. Oh, thank you. You know, um, we were having a little few technical difficulties before we got on the show. And um, as soon as I started reading those words and just picked up your book again, it was like, yum. I was right back into that beautiful space that your your book invites us into. So it is magic and good medicine for the soul, I want to tell you. So, Corrine, I have a traditional first question on the show. I want to make sure that our listeners, we, we kind of ground this conversation into a bigger picture, and you're not going to have any trouble with this because I've read through your book and, and your, your work, and you're going to be so aligned with this question. So what does all things connected mean to you? Mm. Hmm. To me, it's an experience. I would say in daily life, when I feel in harmony with my heart, and just as we were experiencing the technical um, difficulties, I'm reminded in those moments of distress, ah, return to the heart, dear one. On this journey, it started to become natural that those um, chaotic moments are kind of the signal to tune back into the heart and all as well. So I feel the connection to all things, especially when I 
go into the center of my heart. I would call it the sacred center. And what I'm seeing now is a wheel, a hub. That's interesting. I haven't seen this before. Mm. So when we go into the sacred center of our heart, what I'm seeing is we are entering the same no time, no space point. Let's say it's, let's call it pure presence. So that the pure presence that lives within you and me and all versions of we, it's that same oneness, the unity consciousness. And then I see the spokes going out from that. And those represent the individuation of love, of creator, as all forms of life. And then look what they do. They hold the wheel of life together. They create it and they support it. And so I'm feeling that the experience of the pure presence in the heart and as it flows out as the spokes of the wheel, creating the circle of life. Thank you for asking that because I've actually never had that experience quite like that before. Hmm. I've never had a response like that before. First, you started with the experience, that it's an experience. And wow, you know, both of us are so attuned to teaching that experience, teaching resonance and attuning to heart and love and, and really that deeper soulful self. So we, we have so much in common. But then when you did this wheel, what a beautiful image. Like that is really so powerful. So Thank you. Yeah, that's delightful. Mm. Well, you, um, this book is really sweet. And, and it, it, I have to tell you, I have this thing when I pick up a book, when it feels yummy like this, they become my favorite books. It's just something about that that feels so yummy. One of your chapters, I'm going to start with this because um, I love how you, how you said this. One of your chapters is Who Am I? And you wrote a tuning this book is full of poetry. I need to tell our, our listeners, full of poetry. And I, I love what you said about the rhyming. There's so much here, but there's also this incredible imagery and art. And it's just a delightful, wow. I, I just, it's yummy. And then you have these incredible videos <laughs> and your video, you have, watch a video trailer and it stops right in the middle of of it because it's a trailer of something and i'm like oh no i'm left yearning for more so this is such profound work that you're you're bringing forward here but this chapter on who am i you wrote attuning to love we see what is true what we are is more relevant than who (laughs) so i love that i would love to find out what Corrine is, but first tell us a little about who Corrine is, who are you, and and where did this book come from, and um, how did you use creativity and the arts so beautifully? I could tell it was just nudging to be birthed through you, so tell us Mm. a little bit about you. Mm. So let me start with, um, in 2008, I did a life review and that points to your question of, of my story, if you will. And I spent almost two years revisiting my life. And uh, 2008, you know, it was kind of a tough year. A lot of things were crumbling and I had a contract that was up. And so I had a, a lot of time and space to review. 
And what I was called to do was to look at my life differently, to really go into deep healing and to see the experiences of my life from a different perspective. So when I came into a family of which um, a lot of analytical, linear math people, and I wasn't the artist, and art wasn't really valued. And so I didn't, I felt kind of alone in that. I changed the way I looked at it. And that is, you know, what wisdom did the life experience offer? So often we have a perspective of somehow I've been wronged or woe is me or why did that have to happen? But all along, as I was doing the life review, I was celebrating the wins and the successes and those things, but also to see the challenges from the perspective of what wisdom came from that experience. And growing up in a family of linear, mechanical um, kind of people, it offered the gift of being grounded and to navigate life in practical ways, which I was challenged to do as an artist. I was pretty out there at times. And so that, that upbringing allowed me to do this work and be grounded at the same time. And then going through life of so often we're betrayed by someone, um, we're abandoned, we're rejected, not seeing it that from the lens of betrayal, but from the lens of what experience came from that that was working in service to my highest good. So when I was abandoned, I learned self-reliance. When I was a single mother, I learned how to be, to really own both aspects of my masculine and feminine side and to bring those to the table for my son. So the first part of my life, if we were to look at it as an outline of Roman numeral one, two, and three, the first part of my life for the first 18 years, I was an artist, went to school in art, was a graphic designer for 18 years. And then after that, after 9-11, I was called to do creative solutions for life, which I thought I was making up life coaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I found out it was an actual career. And um, so I went ahead and Uh, became certified in that. And then that led to um, starting coaching divisions for a couple of companies and then moving into executive coaching, leadership coaching, developing curriculums, et cetera, and so forth. So the first part was fine art and the second part was the healing arts. And 2014 came and it was, okay, what now? And the sole guidance was to integrate all those life experiences, um, the life review, the arts, the art of well-being and healing. And that was to um, to utilize the arts in a healing way. So I was writing a book, a, a normal prose book, and about 30,000 words in, I got a little writer's block. And uh, what came then in the moment, it's kind of a story with a mockingbird. I was trying to break through my block. Mockingbird was outside of my office window, chirping away, cycling through all of its different um, calls. And it was so loud, I couldn't think. And so I went out and I had this conversation with this bird uh, for about 90 minutes. And finally, I said, please, please, I'm trying to think. 
And I hear, that's the problem, dear one. You're thinking too much. Feel. Okay. So love speaks to us in all kinds of ways, and this time it was through nature and the mockingbird, and that became the first poem, Attuned to Love, which there's also a video for that, and the mockingbird sound and call is in there. So I went back to the computer, and I just felt, I, I stopped trying to think, think my way out of that block, and that's where the words just flow, flew, flew in, I would say authentically open to this moment, you understand the simple play of life that requires no labels of bad or good. Untouched by concepts of what should be, you experience the weightless truth of free, where mind is quiet, not overstating its role. There is space to hear the call of soul. And that kicked off the book. Mm. Beautiful. So what has evolved since then? This this book is amazing and I'm I'm really um I love how you've integrated all of this and you bring this forward, but I'm gonna tell you it is real evolutionary. It is um inviting us to our edges and it almost is like a modern day Rumi. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you before? It's almost like you have this beautiful way of uh, living in the mystery and inviting us into the mystery through through life and through what is and through the heart. And so it's it's yeah, it's exquisite. So how have you integrated that? And and what's next on on your plate? Where do you mm-hmm. go from here? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, several people have mentioned that, um, Rumi. And I I had heard of Rumi, and I'm sure I'd seen some poems along the way, but I had never intended to do poetry. It was never on my practical list of things to do <laughs> in life. And that's why I was a little bit surprised. I would say poetry found me, and that's uh, that truly is how it happened. It came through writer's block. And I'm going to go back to your question about what we are is more relevant than who. Mm. That where this book led was that discovery that more than the who that I call Corinne, that's the personality and um, the, the mother and the daughter and the wife, That's a beautiful expression, the spokes of the wheel. But what I am is also the wheel and the hub. And that was my experience. So no longer was I just the expression in in physical form, but I was the animation. Somewhere in other poem, there is the looking we are, you know, the consciousness that sees. And it never has a problem And the more I rested in the heart center and became the seeing, the looking, the less I suffered. So from that experience, really all of the poetry and the art is about the infusion of that coherent heart experience. And that's why when people pick it up, they often say, I feel more relaxed. 
because that is the energy of its creation. It came from that flow of um, resting in the sacred center of the heart, opening and allowing the message of high self to come through. And um, a journey of conscious emergence to emerge out of our burdens, out of our worries and stresses that the personality mind tends to linger on. So that's really um, to create conscious media, an alternative to media that is disruptive and chaotic and burdensome. And I had no idea where it was going, and I just I had to follow it. Mm. That, that reminds me of the theme in the book. It's, um, you know, allowing love to lead, right? And so how, how do we do that? Let's, let's get practical with some of our listeners, because you're a great example of this poetry comes through, it, it really moves that creative block, and this, this beautiful, incredible piece of art comes forward. How, and so what does it mean to mm. lead with love? Mm-hmm. I love that question, and I would invite everyone to go deep into that question as a self-inquiry, because I think it's going to mean something different to everybody and be experienced differently. For me, letting love lead meant to drop my mm, definition of what was practical, what made good sense for a career move, um, to drop my beliefs. Okay, there we go. I was really, really invited to drop all of my beliefs, even the good ones, because they still could be proven untrue. And anything that was untrue, I was really asked to drop. What's left when you drop your beliefs It's just the pure experience of life. So we never know. We have a perspective. It may or not be true. But when we dwell on it, then we limit ourselves. So the beliefs were keeping me in the mind of of judgment. Mm. And we know judgment, it lowers your vibration. It creates chaos in the body, whether we're judging inwardly or outwardly. You know, Heart Math Institute talks about, you know, heart coherence. And uh, I love what they, they prove in science, what we know intuitively uh, as artists and healers. We know, we can feel it in our bodies, the strength that comes to our vitality when we are tuned into our heart and are operating with that energy of coherence. So that's what this art is there to invite people to come into their heart, to experience that, and then tune into what does it mean for you to let love lead? For me, it was to trust the call that I was to use the arts in service to raising the consciousness, to uh, helping people tune into their non-suffering, to their joy, to the call of their soul, I think that's really, and I'm still, I'm still um, going deeper with that. But I, I feel that it is to help other people tune into their soul, so that they are 
empowered in their be in their being and their doing. Mm. Oh, thank you. You know, um, everything that you just spoke to was like swirling in me, and I was thinking about how your voice is um, this this poetic voice as well. Like you speak poetically, but um, not but and that typically when we're when we're reading about awakening and ascension and the evolution of consciousness and those kinds of things, it gets so heady. And then we're trying to figure it out in our head. And I love how poetry and the arts just kind of like penetrate um, all of those barriers for us and just go straight in. And so even just listening to you talk, it was like, I hope our, our listeners are experiencing that very same thing. It's like when, when the arts touch us deeply um, and move us, it, it awakens something so different than trying to figure it out in our heads. So this might be a good place to take a break. We are here with Corrine Holtz. We're talking about her book, Poetics Ascension, Attuned to Love. You're listening to Empower Radio. This is Dr. Julie Kroll. We'll be right back. Listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at empowerradio.com. I'm Kelly Clarkson, and I've toured the country dozens of times, and there's one thing every state has in common, childhood hunger. The sad truth is that 17 million kids don't know where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Yet there are billions of pounds of surplus food around the country at farms and warehouses that could help end this injustice. But all that food is useless if it doesn't get where it needs to go. That's why the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food... How are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. 
they can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Getting your child home safely. Tap your heels together three times. It's just a click away. There is no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travels. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You found Empower Radio. It's like sunshine for your soul. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie. I'm here with Corrine Holt. You can find more about her work at attunetolove.com. Beautiful words, attunetolove.com. Ah, Corrine, we're back. And <clears throat> right before the break, I was talking about your voice and really taking on that the evolution of consciousness and our awakening and and there's so many beautiful titles in here i I could list them but um more importantly there's one poem in here that i thought really um speaks to what many of our listeners are acutely attuned to so um you know what? Do you have your book close to you? I do. Your words would be so much more lovely than your voice than mine. So how about the sacred gift? It's on page 56. I mm. love that. And it's speaking to what I was talking about right before the break. Mm-hmm. And I'll, yeah, I'll mention there's also, uh, we turned this into a video as well. And what you're saying is I've had clients and, and different people tell me, Oh, I, when I we get on the call, just to hear your voice, I feel relaxed. I feel soothed. And so it, it was clients and friends who said, you really need to read your poetry and do an audiobook. And so I uh, started doing the audiobook, but then it became Poetry with Benefits, make, making the poems move and um, adding the art, video clips, voice and music. So that's um, that's kind of pointing back to what you were saying earlier about the videos. So, yeah. Do you want me to read the whole poem? Sure. It's okay. not that long. It's really, it's poignant in today's milieu. So let's do. Great. The Sacred Gift. In this time of massive transformation, many of us are compelled to reflect on deep questions like, why am I on the planet at this time? Why do we suffer the way we do, and what's my relationship with the divine? When the answers we seek seem out of reach, then what? Where do you turn? Where do you look? Where do you break free from feeling stuck? What if today, right now, 
you're met with a sacred gift, one that gently lifts the armor of your mind, frees you to feel your heart, and experience the infinite wisdom of your divinity. Might that pique your interest to embark on a journey unlike any, you, any other you've ever known, one that welcomes you home, listening to the call of your soul? Mm. Beautiful. You know, we many, many of our listeners here, Corrine, are evolutionary leaders and chain makers out in the world. And I really appreciate how you've taken this these processes that we're going through and, and what's happening on the planet. You you also talk about separation. There's a whole chapter on, you know, we call it the illusion of separation here. And you talked about separation and suffering. And you wrote... Fearful mind acting as a buffer veils love and leads us to suffer. Talk to us about that illusion of separation. Would you? Mm-hmm. We talked, we opened with a little bit of that with the all things connected, but I know you can go deeper. Mm-hmm. And tie it back to your practical question uh, as well, because in life we're always looking to how do we solve a problem or uh, create a solution that. Uh, enhances our life for the life of others. So this really ties into the practical piece as well. When we think about it, whether we're having a physical distress, physical pain, emotional pain, um, mentally feeling um, distorted, if we look energetically at that, we're seeing chaos. We're seeing a lack of flow. When we let love lead and we tune into our divinity, then we create flow. And then that dissolves the blocks and our sense of separation. Mm. So the mind is acting as a buffer when we are focused on what's wrong. When we're focused on can't or any belief of limitation, I'm not enough, something's wrong with me, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I talk too much, I don't talk enough, you know, these, all these judgments that we have with ourselves, you know, that's the mind acting as a buffer to attuning to the highest version of ourself. And so every aspect of suffering comes from those beliefs of limitation. Excellent. And so when we're when we're talking about these beliefs of limitation, which is, you know, how we talk about the illusion of separation, if all suffering comes from that place, then how do we shift? How might we shift our consciousness? So many people um, today, and I don't know if you hear this from from people, but often I'll hear, but pain is real. And this human experience is real. And yes, I can go to my higher self and I can go to that infinite awareness and I can be one with all things. And then, you know, the bills come and and the computer won't work when I'm supposed to get on a, a radio show or, you know. So what would you say to that? Hmm. A very practical, quick way to shift is the power of if. What if? What if our delay in getting started is actually even better than we can ever know. What if 
the rejection letter I received is actually a good thing? What if there's something better around the corner I can't yet see? What if getting sick and not being able to make the trip saved me from something that was um, really hurtful? What if, right? And so we can meet all of our judgments with a what if. And it always points at what if everything is working in service to my highest good? What if this hardship is strengthening my wings to fly? That's mm-hmm. a really, really simple, easy, in the moment, while you're driving down the road, what if this traffic jam is somehow helping me? It's working on my behalf. That's a really quick way to, to change perspectives. Because when you, when you ask the mind a question, it wants to answer it. No matter what the question is, you could be having a horrible day and you say, what if, what is good about today? You can find reasons, even if you're uh, stressed out and in a bad mood. It's a, it's a fun exercise, actually. I've done it and it makes me laugh, you know, in the moment where things aren't feeling so good. I go, why is this a good day? And it, it's so silly because it seems, you know, the irony of it in the middle of a stressed out moment, it brings levity. Mm. Well, and it is a simple technique that that really meets head on those limiting beliefs. It's like we engage with the limiting beliefs and kind of dance with it a little bit to loosen it up and 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 really shift things. I, I appreciate that approach. Mm-hmm. So often teachers will say, you know, to um, just experience where you're you're feeling the separation or to, to go back into the oneness, you know, and, and now we have a lot of, of spiritual teachers teaching us to love everything that presents. And so this, Mm -hmm. what if strategy invites us to kind of love it and dance with it. And, and it does turn it around really quickly. Yeah. Because from my experience, when I was in a really tough spot and I didn't want to give up an emotion like grief or anger, I was really invested in that to say, um, just, you know, be with it and see the beauty of it. My mind resisted it even more. And for me, in that state, a simple what if question helped my mind pry loose from from its attachment to being right in its perspective that's what I found is just a quick un- I ungrip your gripe kind of uh, either a what if or even just turning it around like if it's having a bad day. Why is this a good day? You know, just a quick opposite. Um, to me, that ungrips the mind as a first step. And then once it lo- lets loose, then you're more able to maybe go into the heart center or be still in nature, you know. It's hard to go from you know anger to joy in one leap, right? It's we need to sometimes we need to take small steps. Another way, of course, is listening to music. 
back to the arts again, we all have our favorite songs that help lift us up. You know, it's what is music? Sound. Sound is energy. We're creating flow. So we're back to that. All reads, all roads lead back to flow when it comes to ending the suffering and welcoming well-being. So I found the arts, as you were saying, how it just penetrates, it just gets in with the art, the poetry, the music. It, it, it's it's, it's uh, a beautiful energy that creates flow. And then we are connected to our own divine wisdom. And that clears the clutter of the space of the mind that chirps and uh, acts like a hamster on a treadmill, you know? Mm. I want to go into the arts in a minute, but I want to just go peel back another layer, go a little bit deeper here, because um, one of your quotes here fits perfectly with, with how we began this, is experiencing the infinite nature of love while living in a physical expression of it is the ultimate magic of human life. That is attuning to love. So not only just doing the what if question, but really understanding this it is a flow, isn't it? It's like the flow of us being in physical form as an expression of this infinite love. And all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, it's all connected anyway. Speak to that quote, if you would. Mm. Well, you know, it brings me back to the wheel. I'm just seeing the wheel again, uh, like at the top of the discussion where the wheel is the wheel. It's the whole thing. It's the hub which to me is the sacred center of the heart, the pure presence, the life force, and then the the spokes as the individuated expressions, and then together they form the wheel of life. You know, that, that comes back into play. And it also comes into, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And the awakening is realizing that I'm, it's not that I'm a who, it's I'm a what. I'm that animated life force. And in the poetry, love came to me as an acronym, as the limitless organizing vital essence. So a very different perspective on the definition of love. So the limitless, the infinite, organizing, it organizes to form a being. And it's vital, and it's the essence. So the realization that we are that vital essence having an experience through a human body, you know, that to me is that, that quote. Mm. Yeah. I love that quote. Thank you for that. So, so back to the arts, we, we all know art is healing. It's, it's, there's so many benefits to the arts. I, I can't speak to them all, but I, I really want to talk about the arts as far as creating a positive vision of our future, because to evolve and to evolve consciously, we need to have a vision of where we're going and the arts can do that for us. You're, you're an artist artist too, right? I saw a painting that you did. It, it was incredibly gorgeous. And the, what you put together in the book is incredibly gorgeous. So I'm wondering what you can teach us about the arts. And I'm wondering what Corrine's positive vision of the future is. Mm. Okay, so the act of what, what came to me as a teaching through this is whether you're creating art or you're, you're creating uh, a business, the act of creation tunes you into your heart and to your soul. 
And for me, it was the arts that um, had me experience what it means uh, to be a spiritual being, being having a human experience. So doing the arts helps you to tune into your higher vision and knowing. And it helps us dissolve the suffering. And it's joyful. It helps us to know what it means to let love lead. The art specifically, because when you face an empty canvas, and this is the knowing that uh, the experience, you face an empty campus and canvas and you feel this kind of trepidation of, oh my goodness, where are we going? You know, facing the unknown and the, the mind starting to resist and get agitated. Uh, what are we doing here? You know, what should we be painting? And in the book are the paintings that I did, and I there a lot of them are abstract, mostly they are, because I wanted to tap into the feeling of source and light condensing down to the physical. So abstract really can do that for you. I, I really encourage people to, whether you're doing it with colored uh, pencils or watercolors or paints, to paint nothingness, to paint no thing, no object, and, and just allow yourself to pick up any color and flow in any direction. Use your right hand, use your left hand, because then we're just in our intuition and we're not in our heads. So that's the beauty Mm. of abstract you know paint I and mean, the thing is you can paint over it you can throw it away but the arts help get flow going whether you want flow in your body it's all connected your body your mind your emotions you can release your emotions through painting or coloring in no particular fashion you can doodle but it's movement you know creation inherently wants to move and it's colorful so it's a great tool. And you don't have to know anything. You don't have to have a skill. You just do it. Face the unknown and just go with the flow. You might paint You might paint with blue for a while. Now you want yellow. Now you want green. Uh, you know, it, it's just the soul speaks through the creation. And that's where the magic is. Yes. I love that creation inherently wants to move mm -hmm. and that there's such wisdom there for all of us because we need to move and the arts are moving. And so, yeah, even thinking about moving a paintbrush is a part of that inherent state of being. So thank you for that. So what's Corrine's positive vision of the future? Mm. I think while I'm doing this work is as we tune into our hearts and those deep sparks of desire, we listen to the call of our soul and we listen to what it is we want to do that feels juicy and joyful and meaningful. And as each of us does that, we create a harmonious new version of Earth. One that we're not only creating for our own well-being, but the well-being of all. And so it becomes this big, beautiful collaboration where in the world of the sacred new earth that I see in my mind's eye is one that we trust each other's gifts. 
you know, if we're gifted with numbers or analytics or creating great music, great art, or incredibly beautiful eco-friendly systems and ways of um, generating food that is harmonious with the earth. All of these things, as we're all creating with our natural inherent passion, we create an, a new earth that is beautiful and vibrant and um, and, and uh, the end of suffering on, with our experience on the planet. Mm. So what would you say to um, those who are um, focused on the change? Um, I, I, I almost can hear your words before, <laughs> before I ask the question. I can already hear your response here. So for those who are so focused on the change, they're into the resistance of what is, and they're into the trauma of what's breaking down. But there's so much beautiful evolution happening on our planet, and uh, amazing, incredible initiatives are emerging all the time. Mm-hmm. When, the, when, when those are, are really focused on, it's kind of like that what-if place in our suffering, but when we're focused on what needs to change or what is changing and we're scared, when we go to the, the world and look outside of ourselves and feel that helpless feeling, what would you say? Mm. I love that you asked this question because it came to me last week to share this a little shift of how we apply our creativity. And that is rather than fighting against what we don't like, create for, on behalf of what we want. Mm. You see? Yes. It's easy to be really angry and judgmental about some of the atrocities that have happened on the planet. And it's natural that we would feel angry and upset about things that we have seen. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the shift for us to, to be empowered creators is to just flip that perspective so that we are not, <clears throat> excuse me, not fighting against, but creating for, for the good. Now, it doesn't matter what they're doing over there. If we're so plugged in to our creative juice and we are absolutely just focused on our love, it's going to flow much, much easier, you see. It's hard to create from anger. And, oh, this also came to me. So when we create from the mind, okay, the anger is a mental, it's a mentation. Joy is from the heart. The heart is the mothership. It's the powerhouse. So if we're creating from the joy and the, and the deep sparks of desire to want to create something better for our world, now we are, we are creating from the unity consciousness. When we create from the mind, as in from our anger, yes, we can move forward, but it's, it's a stop, start, stop, start. It's three steps forward, two steps back. It's the dual consciousness. It's duality. So we get the thing and then we get the opposite of the thing. And then we wonder why we experience the roller coaster. Mm. So the mind says, I'm angry. This needs to change. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. And, you know, it's a brilliant intention. But where is it coming from? That's not how heart leads. 
So the mind says, I'm angry, I want to do something, three steps forward, two steps back. If we go into the heart, the heart will say, dear one, go, do it. Make your world better. We are here to support you. Everything is working on your behalf. Now, if we don't give our attention to the distractions, the naysayers, or the negative stories out there, then we create from the purity of unity consciousness, and we get the thing without the opposite. Beautiful. A few minutes ago, you mentioned also, um, uh, this is my words, because I don't remember how you said it, and I went, oh, yeah, Um you talked about creating for the good of the whole, for the well-being of all, not just the well-being of the self. And that's an important piece that that we teach and promote all the time. Can you speak more about what that means to you? Mm. Yeah, there was a line in a poem that said, um, attuning to love for you and me and every version of we. And that speaks to the connectedness, you know, of what you're all about in your show and how you are using your heart and your sparks of desire to bring bring us all together in this in the most important conversations that you do with such elegance and grace and depth of thought. And that, you know, the questions you ask, you know, it's really I can feel from your heart. And as we each are doing our form of love. We are creating for the good of all. We are inspiring others to tap into their divine sparks of desire without the baggage of the negative emotions. And we're trusting what we're, what, what we're being led and called to do. That's a big part, the trust, because the mind wants to resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, the love, the love, the love. I just want to hear you speak a little bit more to the love before we close today. I, uh, I Leading with love and really attuning to love, attuning to the soul. I, I, they're almost interchangeable in your poetry, by the way. I love that. Um, of course, it is the essence of all that is, but um, I even opened the page and it says, above all, where we meet is love. I mean, every page is love. What else can you teach us about love before mm. we have to close today? Mm. I open. I just randomly opened the book and I came to lead what is urgent. And I'll just read the last few lines. Love doesn't vote on what you do or don't get done. Dear one, this is about being true to the voice of your heart that is fervent, not as heavy pressure to save the world, but to simply live authentically urgent. Mm. Will love, um, we know love transforms, will love I hear this is going to sound absurd after everything that we've said, but I hear these voices in, um, I have one person in mind that I just had a conversation with and said, 
there will always be conflict. There will never be harmony. We will never have peace on earth. There will never be da-da-da, as long as we're separate people with all these differences. And it was just this big barrage of justifying war and and violence and, and what have you, and conflict. It was about conflict. Mm. Can, can love save us from that? Can love heal us from that? Mm. I love that you brought that up because... That speaks to the duality of the mind mm-hmm. that um, in its programming to be a survivor, it looks for what's wrong. You know, it's part of the trying to protect us mechanism. While that can be a good thing, it oftentimes becomes um, not helpful because it fears things that aren't actually true. So to that statement about, you know, there'll always be conflict, et cetera, et cetera. There's a simple question, what if that isn't true? Mm-hmm. What if that's just a perspective, but it's completely a false perception? Might that also be true? And from my experience, when I tune into my heart and I follow its lead and I feel empowered in my creativity, I've never met a person who was creating wholeheartedly and was miserable, negative, and pessimistic. This is why it's so important to really step into our empowered creativity, because it dissolves all that mental rubbish that weighs us down and has us suffer. I mean, if you think about it, how does that feel when you say to yourself, oh my gosh, we'll never have world peace, there will always be distress and conflict, that doesn't feel good. You know, that is our suffering that we want free, free of. The mental rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you. That was, that was a beautiful response. We just have a, another minute or so, Corinne. And is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience that you haven't been able to yet? Mm-hmm. What would be your closing thoughts? I'm queuing into the conversation around life purpose and for the listeners to go deep with that, to see that not as a you know career move of doing, but have it be a being and a doingness, well-being, what I like to call well-being and well-doing. Who we are being in the world is just as important as what we do. In fact, it's hard to do what we want to do with passion when we are being fearful. So I've had a lot of people ask me, I just don't know where I'm going with my life or what my purpose is. And I would just, I always invite people to look at your beingness and your doingness. Who do you need to be or what do you need to be in order to do what you want to do? And the best way to answer that is through your heart going in, literally going and resting in the sacred center of your physical heart. There's so much wisdom, infinite wisdom there. I think it's the most powerful thing there is. I couldn't agree more. Corrine, this has been a delight having your wisdom here with us today in this really um, healing voice. The medicine in your voice is, is, I agree with your listeners, it's just the yumminess. So thank you for being with us today. 
Mm, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Mm. And yes, and thank you listeners for tuning in. I am going to leave you with just a part of a poem of, of Corrine's, another one of my favorites. There's so many in here, I can't pick a favorite, but here's some words from Corrine Holt. Creation warmly welcomes the current of wondrous life to flow through you and lead you as your trusted guide. Through the echoes of stillness and the whispers of the breeze, it calls you to remember the truth of your being. In your car, on the train, or riding the bus, you're never restrained from attuning to love. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time. I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.